Welcome, this is finally the History is Hell podcast first episode. Sorry it took so long between COVID and just general life getting in the fucking way as usual. Um, we're finally here, and before we get started, want to plug in my uh, good friend Jamie at Shop Cal's. Um, she's a silversmith out in uh, Colorado, making cool-ass jewelry and other shit, uh, so hit her up at Instagram at ShopCals. Her name is Jamie Calabrese, and she does awesome fucking work. Anyway, here's the show, Tragedy of the Romanovs. All right, so basically, so Tsar Nicholas II was like a completely brutal tyrant in a time where it was really just not convenient for him to be doing that. Yes and no. He was doing things the way he knew how. And it's not entirely his fault because his father never really forced it on him. Like, he only started forcing him to go to, like, meetings with the ministers and, like, knowing how the state works a year before he died. Oh, so he wasn't impressing the this reign over him. He wasn't saying, like, you're going to take over from me. He was really did. That was not really going on in his head at the time. Like, he, he was kind of like, oh, I'll, I'm just some guy. I'm, I'm, well, I'm just some nobility. I'm living my life. And then, boom, a year before he's about to become the czar, is he's really his preparation for the czardom. And then he has to kind of just, like, assume from there and all of his natural instincts for good or for worse kind of take over exactly like he watched his grandfather die at 13 he his grandfather died by the hands of an assassin um and he watched him literally bleed out on a table you know his face mutilated like legs torn up wicked traumatizing uh, stomach ripped open at 13 years old like you, you you know, imagine if you walked in on your grandfather in that state and then you watch the light go out. It's a horror. That, that, yeah. That's going to make you not want to become Tsar. And he never really wanted to. Like, uh, Nick was a really smart guy. Like, history paints him in a very dim light saying he was an idiot, saying, like, even his father called him dull um, and, like, feminine even. But oh, so it was, these attacks were personal from his father. Exactly. But. I don't think Nick was like he had a photographic memory. He was very book smart. He was just not streetwise. Like he, he was an idiot. Like he knew, he knew his shit. He just didn't know how to apply it, and he mm. didn't know how to apply it in the proper way. And he was also studying shit that like all the Zaz before him had been studying it. So in like, and his tutors were from all over the world. Like he had Swiss tutors, English tutors, and his kids eventually did too like all all of the uh romanovs knew how to speak english they spoke english often like regularly yeah um like they would rather speak english when they were by themselves versus russian when you know they were around other nobility or whoever else coming through like english was almost their first language even though they were russian royalty yeah um but nick he loved the military life. He loved the um, the popularity that it did gave him. Did he like the sort of, like, did he also, like, thrive in the structure of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he loved, he, he had a very Spartan lifestyle. Like, unlike yeah. his wife, Alexandra, Alexander, like, she came from nobility. Like, she was raised to be a queen. She was She proper, loved the power. Refined, she loved yeah. be yeah, she was proper. She loved, you know, the elegant lifestyle. She had the dresses with the jewels and 
All of it. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing. Um, but Nick loved that Spartan military lifestyle. And, like, he liked going to the opera and the ball and, like, you know, wearing... He even... He was like a player. I mean, like he he was he was always rough and ready and ready to go and kind of like ready to like engage in like sort of yes, like he read all volatility. But then he wanted to go show it off too. Like he he liked going to these events publicly. Yes, and, wearing all the medals and yeah, like he the was smart like, out uniform. Yeah. You know, like look at where I look at who I am. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I guess that comes with being, you know, famous. Like that's their level of. Fame. Would you say he was at all like insecure though? Was he like someone who was insular and withdrawn from like any like I mean because he did like from what you said he gets a dressing down from his father. He's not really someone who like. Do you think or do you think he took the opposite route and was like fuck you? Like I'll show I'll show you like I'm I can, I can be the czar no problem once he becomes czar. No, so actually that this I have a quote. Um, that he told to his uncle, who was the Grand Duke Alexander of Russia, uh, quote, I am not ready to be Tsar. I cannot rule the empire. I have no idea how, of how to even talk to the ministers. And that was when he was, Nick was burying his father, um, Alexander III. So all this, like, sort of political, sort of, Royal, like at the especially politics of the 1890s is very different, like not very different than politics today, but it's very like cordial and stately and sort of just like refined. You have to behave, it's a dynasty, it's a dynasty. Yeah, he's he's upholding a 300 year old dynasty, so he and he is like, I'm not gonna feel the weight of that. I would rather just not like go showboat about my own successes, but I would much rather be living the honest life of a military man and just go off and you know, do these things, wear my medals. I don't want to assume the weight of this 300-year-old thing, this 300-year-old political machine. Yeah, correct. So he, so he thought, like, all, like the daily meetings with, like, the ministers and, boring. you know, like like the people that ran the state yeah. were boring and, like, tedious. And he was a micromanager. Like, he couldn't, like, he, he couldn't be like, oh, yeah, just go do that. Like, he had yeah. to, like, oversee everything. Like, he... There's accounts of, like, him, like, working himself, like, almost, not to, like, death, but, like, to exaggerate, like, yes, like, he's working himself to Severe death. Severe exhaustion. Yeah, because he's just overdoing it, micromanaging it, when, like, why? You have a guy that one, he didn't probably really, knows better than you. That was not his, he was a hands-on person. Yeah, he was like, used that's to how that life of, like, I will, it's going to get done. I'm yes, and he was and... always in charge. Like, think about it. You grew up as royalty. Like, yeah, you yeah. had brothers, whatever. Like, he had siblings, but, like, he was next in line. Like, he, everyone looked to him. So, like was he this was, something he was that it. In he anticipated his whole life prior to his coronation? Was this something that, like, he was like, well, I know this is inevitable. I am inevitably going to become czar. Or was he, like, sort of in denial about it? Was he kind of like, yeah, they keep saying that. I don't know. So he Maybe knew. I'll die first in, in, in combat. Maybe I'll go out to war and I'll die first and I won't have to do this. No, like he knew, but he didn't know at 26 years old he was going to take over the greatest landmass. He thought maybe at 50. Yeah. yeah. Like his father died at 49 of kidney disease. He had um, nephritis, and that took him early. And at 26 years old, he's getting coronated. And it's, I'd be, I mean, think of where his, you I were mean, at yeah. when you were 26. Yeah. Now be russian royalty of a 300 year old dynasty like 
it's kind of unimagin- that, it's kind yeah. of unimaginable because you, it then like also you're losing like I mean whether his relationship with his father was good or not that's still his father and that's the person who has the answers as far as he's concerned yeah because his exactly. grandfather I mean like his grandfather brutally murdered so he doesn't really have like anyone really older or wiser to go to to sort of ever seek that kind of like what am I supposed to do and that's really not his mindset either and so like when he's just kind of thrusted into this at 26 it's kind of a perfect storm for like youthful aggression and blood and shed. that's exactly what happened between the russo japanese war which is a shit show the revolution of 1905 which bloody sunday happened these are all which, the same year too yeah yeah i mean the, the, this all happened and nick always wanted to be at the front he didn't want to deal with the shit back home he like he didn't want the political life and he had been he had been czar for Nine years at, at that yeah, point. At yeah, at that point, yeah, um, roughly, and it, like he, it never, it never interested him. So when uh, Lenin like finally came in and took power, you know, with the Bolsheviks and everything, um, he stated like almost happily that he would abdicate him and his son. He was like, "Thank God, I just want to go." Yeah, I just want to be rich. I, like uh, honestly, like he liked chopping wood like he liked menial tasks like yeah. he just liked being outdoors he liked taking walks tending the garden like he was a he proud just wa- he was a proud man and he, he was a simple man and he he liked simple pleasures in life simple sort of completion yeah. sort of things exactly like he just wanted like if you put him on a farm he'd probably be He's happier master. happier than yeah. him at the winter palace with all the jewels and the fine china and all like the maids and like so, so really the dark irony of it is like he was he was literally the cause for the workers revolution of 1917 yet he probably would have thrived himself better as a worker almost like if he had the freedom that he had as uh but could just go to work and then come home and be with his family he was a family man to the core like yeah he would rather but how was he with his extended family like the people so, all across Europe. Um, King George of England, the fifth, actually tried to get him over into England. Like he talked to Lenin. Like there was many correspondence of him, like begging Lenin to let him go. He's his cousin. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. And so um, they were close. And it's World War One's happening at the same time. So he used to write to um, Kaiser Wilhelm of Germany. And obviously Russia and Germany, well, or maybe not obviously if you didn't know, but Russia and Germany were at war during World War One, just like World War II. Mm. Um, so he couldn't go there because that's a bad look. Yeah. Um, so who is all, Kaiser Wilhelm was also his cousin, by the way. Um, so his cousin, King George V, tried talking Lenin into letting him go. But the Bolsheviks believed that Tsar Nicholas II has drawn too much blood on the Russian people to let him go and have the people be okay with it. There was way too... I mean, you have half, he had to half stand, the country of in Russia. In their perception, he had to stand for his crimes. He had, he, yes. Yeah, like, he, uh, there was no letting them just slip it, by and just say, oh, whatever, we have a new political system now. Who cares? No, you're going to still stand trial. This was that severe. And it, that's exactly right. So when they were... When he abdicated the throne in... Um, March 15th, 1917, Nicholas was happy. He was like, yeah, 
dude, just get me the fuck out of here. Like, uh, his like wife, on the other yeah. hand, was not that thrilled because she went down a couple pegs. But Nick finally got to spend time with his family. He didn't have meetings to go to. He had nothing else to do. Yeah. He had nothing to do. They sent him to Toblisk, which, I mean, he was living in like a... Almost like a country, like, house. Like, yeah. a cabin, almost. Simple. Like, Simple, kind of like, perfect for him, in a way. Yeah, like, perfect was, for, to match his personality. He never lived that life before, but this was a real, like, awakening for him. Yeah, he he spent his days chopping wood, tending the garden. Like, when it snowed out, he was even seen outside shoveling snow. And he still, like, mind you, they still have... How many have, kids did he have? Uh, he had five? So you have one of the most powerful men... If, so you have one of the most powerful men in the world... Go from literally being basically the emperor of, yeah, the, no, literally of, the, emperor, of, yeah. of the entire eastern part of Europe to then shoveling snow in front of his simple country home under the rule of Lenin. Yeah, I mean, it was essentially house arrest. He couldn't leave, but like they still got letters. They got they got newspapers in four different languages. But he couldn't have workers, and he was a and well, he no, was a well educated guy. And so he went from being so he was this well educated man who kind of was like, well, I got nothing better to do but fucking chop daisies yeah. and shovel snow. So that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, he smoked his tobacco pipe and drank tea and lived life pretty much if you had, like a normal yeah, if you had no concept of like if you were his neighbor and you were five years old and you didn't know that he was once czar you'd yeah. probably walk by his house and just think that's oh that's uh nicholas the, uh, up the street people did people rode by they were allowed to talk to him like in, in the beginning they were lenin was very very lenient with how I always got the perception that Lenin was like not like a, an aggressive tyrant not at first uh, at first yeah he really did believe his convictions about like this is a true revolution of you know like moral on a moral level. Yes, but then he ends up. Um, but power corrupts all. <laughs> um, but in April twenty ninth, nineteen eighteen, they arrived in Ekinergum. What the fuck? Um. <laughs> Ekaterinburg. I'm gonna butcher Ekenberg. that. It it it's Ekenberg. named after um. It was named after I believe. How's it? What's it spelled? How's it's it spelled? E K A T E R I N B U R G. Ekaterinburg. Ekaterinburg or something. Yeah. You gotta say it. You gotta say it. Yeah, I gotta. You gotta. You gotta mush it together when you say it. I'm gonna butcher Russian names this entire time. So just get used to it. Yeah. This is get over it, people. Because you know these are. Um, Lots of consonants. Yeah. I mean, it's just outside the Siberian plains, like those that's to like the east. Like he, he's desolate. Like, so he goes from Toblosk, which is this like fine country home. They have yeah. relative freedom. Like you're on house arrest, but like you can go outside and you can do shit. Yeah. Then they come. They move into like a serious prison. Uh, sort of yeah. Context. So it was yeah. the, the, uh, a pit of house. And it was uh, this like royal, uh, not royal merchant, but like it was a wealthy merchant's home that they took over and built uh, this prison, essentially, with 12 foot walls, um, all the windows boarded up and they confined the family with a couple servants, the doctor, because 
his youngest son and the heir to the throne, well, was heir to the throne, Alexei, uh, uh, hemophiliac. Um, so, so he like, didn't have enough blood. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he was constantly needing assistance. So the, his doctor was allowed to be there, Dr. Bakken. Um, and they're in this work at town, like this real rural, like mining town where like it's horrible conditions. This is like the dark, like the dark shit that you, you think of when you think of like dark labor conditions in, in like the turn of the century Europe. Like you think of like this kind of shit. You think of like sick people everywhere, like, like just soot. Like what was I mean, the main? No, what no, was the no, ma- main? Not not quite. It was almost like a boom town. Like they were mining gold. Oh, so okay. it was like a boom town. In so the it wasn't coal. Of it wasn't yeah. Okay. Like, or right That's outside strange. Siberia, yeah. rather. Like so. Um, That's a look you don't always picture. Is like a boom town in Siberia. Uh, that's but like that's the best that's way like what it there was, was at the time yeah. yeah like there was a road that led there and you literally passed through this town um on your way to Siberia yeah and it was like brutal um like so there is a um author named Anton Chekhov and he describes Ekaterinburg um as "Quote unquote, the devil knows where," meaning the devil knows where Ekaterinburg is, but yeah. no one else does. Like, wow. because it's you're walking hands of the devil. Was it like was there a lot? Like, so what is it like? Hell. Was it morally depraved place? Like economically, it might have been doing fine, but like no, no, no. Like there was fine Russian, you know, fine Orthodox yeah. Russians living there. Yeah. But I mean, Chekhov describes, and I'm going to quote him: uh, a feeling akin to horror with their prominent cheekbones, large foreheads, tiny eyes, and utterly enormous fists. These are the people that live here. So he viewed this as he, so definitely in his, in his, in his view of the world, he definitely viewed this as like a place of brutal people. Um, quote, born in the local iron foundries and brought into the world, not by mid, uh, midwives, but by mechanics. Like these are hardworking brute, type of people like you're born and raised to work the mines or the foundries like you're swinging a hammer no matter what you want to do yeah as soon as you're old enough to hold a hammer yeah you're pushing it down back into a piece of metal so like you know like i picture almost like like the dwarves exactly like (laughs) the dwarves from tolkien like yeah yeah. uh you know like they were humans like you know morally yeah, yeah. sound people like orthodox christians orthodox yeah. christians but i wouldn't fuck with them yeah they'd break you in half with a look yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know um but like this place my spring starts in mid-may and during the summer like june it's just mosquito like it's just mosquitoes Brut- yeah. everywhere it's Disgusting. brutal yeah and then you get the midnight sun in winter in August is when winter starts. Yeah. So you have very few wow. months of nice weather. Yeah, two, like, basically. Y- yeah. Um, and then it's snowing, dark, dreary. Like, if you're going to imprison the Tsar for his punishments, I'd send him there, too. Yeah. And then you put the entire family with a couple close servants 
and they had Docta. What were their quarters like here? So it was 12 foot by 12 foot room, you said? No. So picture, take a two bedroom apartment and board it up and you can't leave. Okay. Um, so, and, but, it, but then in their, their quarters in, um, uh, Toblosk, Toblosk, that was more, that was like, like a, a country club. That was okay. That uh, was like, like a, that was like a, a small, log cabin. It was a small, a, like log estate sort of type. It was a it, medium no, it, to large size home yes. on a fair amount of property Yes. in a nice region of the country. Go get a log cabin up in Maine. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Like two stories, it, four rooms, probably. It, yeah, like it was reasonable living conditions. Yeah. Like Alexandra always complained she was pain in the ass like that, which I mean, if she was also used to living the high life, like that's you, naturally a wicked big downgrade. Yeah, yeah, like you can't go literally on top of the world. Like you have one of the biggest superpowers. It's like taking Jackie in Kennedy and putting her in some dumpy apartment in New York City. Yeah, bring Jackie Kennedy and put her in Dorchester. Yeah, um, <laughs> like exactly. Yeah, it, it, that shit's not gonna fly. No, putting her in a triple decker. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Jackie like, Kennedy in a triple decker. <laughs> That's an like, image. You know what I mean? Like, but now you have now, you know, you're April 29th, nineteen eighteen. You go from the countryside of Russia, like beautiful wilderness of Russia, mm. and to like pretty much Siberia in this metal clank and Chekhov even says like it it'll drive you mad. Yeah. Like just the foundry's going all day, every day. There is no peace. Yeah. Um it's and, so and this right, is not picturesque scenery. This is now no, industrial hell. This is industrial boomtown hell. Yeah. Especially for the Romanovs. Black um, smoke. Yeah. Like uh, trucks, but like these are early, early twentieth century trucks. Even a like, lot of these a lot of these, like, a lot of them are just carriages with, you know, four horses. Or yeah, like yeah. That. No, yeah. that's still there. Like, and it's, the train runs through. So you hear the train all the time. And actually, when they got off the train here, um, like, the locals were super pissed that they were there. They did not no, like They were not people. a fan. These were big, these were big communist, like, like worker yes, people. Yes, these, they, yeah. they, they, they drank the red Kool-Aid. Yeah, like, big time. They, they wanted time. communist Russia. They were not part of the whites, which were... Uh, loyalists to the Tsar. Yeah, yeah. None of them were to be found there, I promise. Yeah. Um, and if there were the uh, the Cheka, which is like the secret police, they yeah. would have taken care of those people long ago. Yeah. Um, and at this point, the Czechoslovakians are actually fighting their own independence because they also took a sip of Lenin's Kool-Aid. But instead of becoming one with Russia, they were like, I mean, if the Russians are breaking free, why can't we? Yeah. So they started a war with Russia. While Russia's, I mean, Russia at this point now dropped out of World War One because this the totally internal, different country now. I mean, like yeah, it no, would the start internal, the war as one place and end the war as a different place. It was wouldn't make any yeah, sense no, really. Like, that, what are we still going to fight for uh, the Czar's causes? No, we're now we're Red Russia now. This is Lenin's place. We're not going to participate in this anymore. We have other. Th- we have to worry about building a new state for one. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um. So as soon as Nick got off the train, like everyone's pissed that uh, people are trying to take their luggage and like, like, mind you, the royal family still has jewels, diaries, like personal belongings, like amazing um, that they let them keep those. In a way. It, 
considering the philosophy of so of it, it ends Lennon. up being smart because it makes them not want to run and Lennon was I don't know if he did this intentionally or if it's part of his genius it's like yeah you can keep your yeah like we're gonna slowly strip your rights away but and, over the course of a decade in like you're gonna make it gradual n- no it wasn't even that it was a year not oh, okay. Even. But it was so, but it wasn't immediately, which is no. dis- a decision. So they spent a couple months in Toblosk, and then they spent their... Ekinerberg was their final place. Um, and so, to like kind of zoom out, because like now we're real, real in, um, the rest of the world like already thinks they're dead. Yeah. Like by January, they think the Romanovs are dead, because they... They're sending out letters, but they're not always going out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're keeping an eye. Yeah. Um, like, in this, accounts of, like, Tati- uh, his daughter, Grand Duchess Tatiana, fled Toblas with $350,000 in jewels alone. And then she she thought she was going to buy her way out and go to live in America. Yeah. And, like, give lectures on, like, Roman history there. Like, uh, that's what they, that's, yeah. like, they think they're leaving. Like, yeah. this whole time, they think they're just, like, bouncing around until they find either somebody come, like, the White Army comes and frees them, or what King was, George saves them, or someone else. Where like, was, so where was the White Army, really, at this point? Like, what, 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 to what level were they militarily relevant to any level, and where were they, basically? I mean, it's a civil war, so it's the same as, like, almost... There was picture, territories run by them and... Ter- yes, yeah. like, almost on, like, a town basis yeah. or a city basis. Yeah. But, like, think of it as a very scattered, like, American Civil War with, like, yeah. the South and the North, like, but just scatter it and, and times it in by 10. Like 1918? It, yes. Yeah. Um, and then you have the Czechoslovaks knocking on on their door and they're very and, and that's their western southern west southwestern border right? yes and they're very very close yep. and towards the end of like so actually why they ended up shooting them or when they ended up shooting them was the Czechoslovaks were actually headed towards Ekenberg like that like they could hear the guns like yep. they were close they could hear the artillery coming um so what happens, and this is kind of my, my favorite part of the story because it gets gruesome, Yeah. Um, is that a truck pulls up at like 2 in the morning, 2.15. Um, a uh, man named Yakov Yaversky pounds on the door waking them up. 2.15 in the morning, waking yeah. up the royal family and everyone like, come on, let's go. Now it's our time to go. And uh, Nicholas can hear the truck outside, and it's revving. Again, it's early, early 20th century vehicles. Like, they don't run like us. Like, yeah. they stall out all the time. They're very, very rough machines. Yeah, it's and, not like um, a goddamn motorcycle out front. It, yeah. yeah. No, it, it's a truck. Um, and they're led down 23 steps to represent, which actually ends up representing every year. Of his that Nicholas, that yeah. of Nicholas's bloody rule, yeah, um, which is just kind of like one of those crazy things that history gives us. Which is, I mean, you can't make this shit up, yeah. Um, and they put him in this dingy basement, plaster on the walls, single light bulb hanging down, like Hollywood wrote this, Horror. yeah. It's, you it's, know, it's, like, it's, it's, but this happened in real life, yeah. And it's Yakov 
and like four or five other guys, plus men around um, the Epitaph House standing guard with machine guns. Um, and he, Yakov reads out that he's ordering him to be shot. And he gives this whole speech of uh, what Lenin wrote. And it's top secret. Lenin always, always, always kept his name off. Like, officially, like... He never officially signed nothing. But he ordered it. Yeah. And um, finally... And he, this was a letter, personal letter, written by Lenin, read by Yakov, to Nicholas. Yes, that you are to be shot for your crimes. And Nicholas turns around and, like, he can't believe it. Like, they all thought they were going somewhere else or even to, like... Maybe they would get ex- exiled out to England yeah. or And somewhere. that's what they wanted yeah. to, like, just exile just me. Just live like, a different life, yeah. Yeah, like... And in a way, they could have. And the only one that would be truly upset about it would probably be Alexandra because she really liked being in power because that's what she was born into. Like, that's all she's ever known. She couldn't even understand maybe even being rich in a different country. Yeah, no, no. She was that's like, she, like she even, even maybe thought the tide will turn in Russia and we will be and, and in they, charge again. And they did. Like, the Romanov family really did for a while. Like, in when they were in the Epitaph house, like, shit got dark, like... Everyone started getting, like, sick, and, like, there was head lice. And that's maybe the beginning of the realization that, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if royals ever come back from something like this. No, but, like, they never um, had doubts be- or, like, lost hope because, one, they were extremely religious. Like, they read every day, and for a while they couldn't get their priest in, and, like, that really, really upset them. So, finally the priest ended up coming in and like, he's the one like, that's almost like a last rites kind of thing. Cause like he was there too, when they all got killed. Oh. Um, and so Lennon was like, I'll do you this courtesy. Uh, no, it was more sort of, of like, let your, or let your priest come in and at least tell you that maybe you'll go to heaven. I actually think it was Yakov and, um, his crew decent Christians because like they had a, no they wanted everyone that connected with them gone oh so they were I, even going to no, kill the priest so too. Yakov and his crew Lenin handpicked them because they're psycho murderers okay um, so Pavel Medvedev he was the head of the Epitaph House because the last guy was too lenient with them like he let his gods talk to like the daughters and like you know the daughters are like like teenagers yeah beautiful yeah you know so they're and same with the soldiers they're all about 20 you know like they're all about the same age especially back then that was not wicked uncommon that you'd have like some 30 year old guy being like oh my 16 year old wife especially over there exactly yeah especially there especially in a place that rule rural and uh and um like that's so in Teenage girls are going to be teenage girls. They're going to flirt. Like, they're going to... So, Lennon put in Pavel in charge um, and then handpicked Yakval, who was actually a photographer. And when he had the family and the servants and, like, uh, the doctor and everything, um, when he had them in there, he actually set them up against the wall like a photo shoot because he was a photographer. Oh, wow. Almost in a different life that's at this so point. That's so strange. Yeah, that's so crazy. Um, 
so Alexandra was always sick. She had sciatica. Um, she was in rough shape, especially then. Like she, when they were at the Epitaph house, they couldn't go out. It was hell. Like that's when every it really, really so, wore on them. So it's Nicholas, Alexandria, and then how many daughters, how many sons made up those five kids? So there's there's, Maria Ale- Ta- there's Alexi, obviously. Alexi is the youngest. Um, but he was the son. Yes, he was the youngest son. And then... Uh, Oh, so, um, there was Anastasia, Tatiana, Olga, and Maria. And, um, so it was all girls and then him. Correct. And that's why he was the heir. Yes. And, um, Anastasia was like, kind of like the Lona. So she actually stood apart from her mother and her sisters who are on the left. Then it was Zara, you know, obviously Zara Nicholas in the middle. Alexi was right behind him. And then Anastasia was off to his left. And um, so Yakov read his announcement saying that they were to be shot. And Nicholas, like, turned around, like, couldn't believe it. Pale in the face, like, he's like, what, what, like, what, how, like, how could this happen? And, um... Then he turns back to Yakov, who pulled out his Colt, shot him in the stomach. He's dead. Blood spurts all over the kids. Yeah. The whole family watched him die right in front of them. Yeah. And Nick honestly got the easy pot. He died instantly, uh, essentially instantly. And he didn't have to see... Within seconds. Yeah. He didn't have to see the horror of what his family had to go through. Um, Alexandra turned her head... um, and then she got shot in the left side of her skull, blew that off. Now, blood and brains are all over. The dot is some on Alexi because it sprayed. And uh, it was like the top of her head, how she like turned. So it good part everywhere. of that, like a whole part of her cranium just flew. Yeah, it's yeah. gone. Um, and then they shot her in the stomach. Meanwhile, they're shooting them point blank with mau- like mouses, like rifles. Yeah. Yeah. Like at six feet. Yeah, six feet. This is a very, very small basement. One light bulb. One light bulb. Very crude, like picture, like something like Hollywood would have set this up exactly the same way. Like, yeah, when I was reading the details about it, like plastic on the walls, like nothing painted, like no elaborate anything. This was a a kill room. Yeah. Yes. One function. You would have built it as a kill room, except it was already there. Um and what happened to the kids so the kids got it honestly the worst um they were in the haste to leave like they couldn't bring anything of their own so they were wearing like their dresses that had all this jewelry on it like precious stones so they were woken up at two two quarter past two in the morning so now, yes. where? What time is this now? Where, how, so now we're at three far? o'clock because they this had to wait for word. Not, okay, but this location was not very far from. No, no. So they walked downstairs to where they were. Oh, this was and, their basement. And across the courtyard, and then there was like the access to the basement. Oh, okay. So you literally just go from the room that you've been in for like three months, and then 
down into the basement. Waking up. Yeah, waking up in the middle of the night. They're like 8, 12, 15, whatever their ages are. Yeah. um, And it, like, so the girls just put on, you know, like their fine dresses because they can't carry, like, anything with them. Yeah. And that actually ricocheted the bullets. So, like, they got hit and they were wounded, but they didn't die. It, like, actually, like, there was so many jewel-encrusted... Um, Both your parents are now dead and you're bleeding out in the bottom of a basement wearing your fucking in, finest gown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same with Alexi. He had, Taking you know, a brilliant life. shirt with encrusted diamonds and uh, precious stones on it. And somehow the hemophiliac ended up living the longest. Um, so he's just, he's sitting there bleeding out. His four older sisters are dead. No, no they're not his... even dead yet because this is what happens. Yakov leaves... And, like, some his men are, like, throwing up because it's so much smoke from the guns. Um, it smell it reeks of, like, blood and iron. Like, it's it, it, flesh and it's, it's hot. And, and they were flesh. down there for a half hour, like, anticipating this. So, like, their nerves were through the roof. They're drinking vodka. They're ripping butts. Like, shit's getting real fucking tense. Um, like, I don't think anyone could, like, unless you're on death row. I don't think anyone else could imagine this, but the people that are dying don't know they're dying, but the people that are about to kill them know they're about to kill them. Like, that's the difference. Like, There's it's a almost lot, like a reverse. And, like, also, these people lived under their rule. These people yeah. maybe lived... I mean, this was they, they, he ruled for 26 years. Yeah. 26 years. So up until this moment... Or 23 years, sorry. 23 years. So you, up until this moment, yeah. it's basically like someone carting down, like, the leader of your country for the longest time under now under this new regime and you're going to kill him in about half an hour him and his whole family yeah and like they all wanted to kill him like this was a desire of theirs but there's also maybe a little bit of like yeah it's not we're about to do this like this is real yeah it's not one thing to think and want to do this is now is happening yeah because you're not running in blasting yeah like it's a calculated like you're killing the czar like a lot of time to think about it and there's like wait like you can't just kill the czar and not pay yeah like other countries are gonna get involved yeah this is a big deal um you know picture and these killing the king of england or the queen of england i mean like and also being orthodox they knew yeah. that there was consequences for everything that you do and this absolutely the things that would lead to severe consequences no matter how right you felt you were this was going to lead to war this was going to oh, be yeah. a problem yeah and it i mean russia's never been i mean russia has always been unstable kind of shit show, but yeah this this isn't really helping and then it could lead more people to Head into the White Army so, because they might not like the Tsar, but killing the Tsar, a lot of people felt was too far. Yeah. Like How horrible exile. was this Tsar really, though? Like, we go back, we touched on maybe, we touched on for a moment the, the, the Japanese, the Russo Japanese War. We touched briefly on the um, uh, 1905, the uh, Bloody Sunday. What really, like, what was the extent of his horror? I think leader. the bloody what justified Sunday, this stuff. I think Bloody Sunday because he ordered. What was m- Bloody Sunday? Um. Essentially, it was a riot that got out of hand, and he ordered the military to open machine gun fire on on civilians on civilians who were rioting because they did not have enough food. Food work like work work. I mean, Conditions every, were just horrible, and he was living like a king. Yes, 
And why were conditions so horrible in industrial post-industrial Russia at this time? It's not post-industrial like you might think. Pre a middle industrial. They were were leading up to it, but like Russia's always had a supply chain problem. Like they've always had issues all over the place. So he just inherited a bad place to be the pimp. Basically, he was pimp of a bad spot. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And it's always felt like that's been the case. Because every every leader I've ever seen in Russia always seems to be living like even if you're a communist for the workers they always seem to have this problem of it's like I'm the king on top and you people are in sorry sorts and I don't know why you always end up in sorry sorts but you just do yeah my it might pres- just be an economical geologic uh, I mean, I th- geographical problem I and I think honestly personally I think the same thing like it's too much land with too many people in it. With not enough, with not enough outsourced, re- like they don't have a great water connection. They're not connected to the ocean in a great way. They're no, not, I mean, not enough like, areas. A part of it is, but the uh, worst but, parts. Yeah, like, it's not. There's no. There's nothing there, and like they might have some river connections, but it's like it's not like the United States where we literally have two coasts with cities lining each coast with the great lakes and the great lakes every everything. every water access yeah. you could ever want. Mississippi River. Like we have options. Yeah, they um, have nothing. No, and mountains and plains and, plain, and yeah, with nothing there. Like even um, Nicholas did do a good job of having people start running train lines to connect cities and he make them the and, and, and make yeah create the railroad and make them like more of a twentieth century. Force, but like he missed the railroad completely. He missed a lot of economic opportunities that could have maybe potentially have led them into being a major player. And then basically, it was left to the communists to pick up the pieces. Yeah, but they still had the same problem because the problem is always resources. And the problem is just Russia. The problem is just <laughs> the geography. Yeah, but um, anyway, to get back to the point, so Yakov heads out and one of the servants actually only wounded in the leg gets up and goes i'm safe i'm safe and starts running around because she's mad because she just yeah witnessed the horrific act so they run back in and yakov takes out his other pistol and start and shoots her and then realizes that all the kids are still alive so he's like what the hell is going on grabs a rifle the others come in and now they're stabbing them with the bayonets. But even that, even the jewels are creating that to be a problem. So, like, it's going in, but it's not going in fully. Like, they should have been dead. not deep enough. And yes. Yeah. So, it's it's turning into quite the mess. Like, in a lot of... It's hard to kill these kids. <laughs> yeah. I, ironically enough, it's hard to kill the kids. Um, and actually, when Lenin was trying to find... And when the Cheka, the secret police, were trying to find people to kill the Romanovs... A lot of people backed out because they didn't want to kill kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So he found this, the most brutal group of and people. And they were the most find. brutal, like, heartless, like, group of guys that would do it. But even they kind of, like, had a hot stomach, like I said, like, right after they got... It's like, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'll fucking do it. And then to actually be there and be like, I'm about to do this. It's like, it's always going to take a little bit out of you to be like, well, we're going to actually have to do this now. Yeah. This is real. This is so, not just, like, talking shit. <laughs> exactly uh and um so finally they die um one of the guys peter Makovov, uh he was actually too ruthless and too drunk 
to even go to the burials because after they were done killing everybody, they had to load them, load up 11 bodies. So it was the Tsar and his family, plus his servants and the doctor Bakken. And the priest. Yeah. And uh, into the truck. And then, mind you, now it's like probably around 3.30 in the morning. They have to drive. Um, to the Kopyaki Forest to bury them. And um, it's said that two of them... Th- so they were buried in Amok graves in a mine in the forest there. And um, it's still up for speculation, but if my information is correct, and it's probably not, because there's actually a lot of conspiracy theory behind this. Because they had trouble finding the bodies. Yeah. Because I'm not graved in the middle of the forest in Russia. And like borderline Siberia. Like yeah. it's not exactly like people would go out there. Who knows exactly how far they got? Who um, knows exactly any of the details? Part of the story is that they put grenades on Anastasia and Alexei's body and threw them down a mine shaft. And it blew up, obviously, because they have grenades. Yeah. Um and, like, that's part of why they didn't find... Because they didn't find... The remains were basically vaporized. The re- th- those re- Anastasia and Alexei remains until 2007. Oh, wow. It's... Yeah. So, um, they found the gravesite of the main Romanovs in 1979, but no one acknowledged it until the fall of communism in 1989. Um... Where they were buried in St. Petersburg on July 17th, 1998, 80, exactly 80 years after they were killed. Wow. Thanks for listening to me and Brian uh, talk about the Romanovs on the History Cell podcast. My uh, main source of information is, is from the book The Last Days of the Romanovs by uh, Helen Rappaport. She did an amazing job. Uh, It's the latest book on it. So, yeah, other books are great. Other sites and everything are great. But she has been on top and goes into, like, crazy fucking detail on everything. So, if you want to know more, and if you think I suck at talking, and Brian sucks at talking, then just go read the fucking book. Fuck you. Goodbye.